Good morning. My name is Elizabeth Gray, and I've been a member of this church for 20 years, and it has enriched my life immeasurably. Our call to worship this morning is a quote from the Dalai Lama. This is my simple religion. No need for temples. No need for complicated philosophy. Your own mind, your own heart is the temple. Your philosophy is simple kindness. If ever you wonder what we are doing here, One of the things we're doing here is accomplishing our mission, which is never finished, but always a good task to focus on. The way we know what our task is, is we say it together every single Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading this morning is a poem from Antonio Machado. Last night as I was sleeping. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that a spring was breaking out in my heart. I said, along which secret aqueduct, O water, are you coming to me? Water of a new life that I have never drunk. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that I had a beehive here inside my heart. And the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey from my old failures. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that a fiery sun was giving light inside my heart. It was fiery because I felt warmth as from a hearth and sun because it gave light and brought tears to my eyes. Last night as I slept, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that it was God I had here inside my heart. I would like to end our time of meditation by our saying together a Buddhist loving kindness prayer. We say this three times together. I'll say a line and then you say the line if you choose to. The first time through, we say this for ourselves. May I be free from danger. May I be mentally happy. May I be physically happy. May I have ease of well-being. The second time we say this for someone we love. May you be free from danger. May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. May you have ease of well-being. The third time, as a spiritual stretch, we say this for someone against whom we have a resentment. May you be free from danger. May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. 
May you have ease of well-being. May it be so. We're going to practice this um, through the winter and into the spring, and when you know it, you will have another spiritual um, exercise or a spiritual path to to walk if you want to make this one of your practices. A loving-kindness practice is very powerful. I started praying it for somebody I resented, and it started working, so I had to quit. (laughs) But I'm sure I'm a much better person now than I was then, so I might try it again. So the text for this sermon is this poem that you heard right before the meditation by Antonio Machado. Machado. And I want to read you the middle part again because that's the part I'm going to be talking most about. And don't worry about the words changing a little bit. If some of you have a copy of it, um, it's, there's, there are copies out there if you want them as you leave. But the translations differ. Last night while I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that I had a beehive within my heart and golden bees were going about inside it concocting white wax and sweet honey out of old failures. I did a chalice circle lesson on failure for our chalice circles that we have meeting here, our small group discussion groups. When I did this for my church in South Carolina, Um, Usually the chalice circles there were pretty happy to go along with whatever topic I dreamed up. Uh, I wrote all the lessons for them. So um, each month I would dream up a topic, something that interested me. And uh, one month I I gave them a lesson on failure to discuss. And this one chalice circle actually telephoned me at home and said, Meg, we just, this is too depressing. We don't want to do this one. Do you have anything else? And I said, well, no, I don't, but you can make up your own if you want to. It's fine. You don't have to do this one at all. But they ended up doing it, and um, and it it was okay, they said. They did not call me back, but they emailed. It was okay. I think that um, our failures loom unexamined, uh, full of dread. And when we actually look at them full on... They shape-shift a little bit into something different. For, for most of our failures, they shape-shift into something less threatening, less awful. The people that I know who have failed completely and miserably in every area say that life after that is, is less scary. They, they've hit rock bottom, and so they know what's there. It's demythologized. It's lost. It's formless, nameless dread. They know what it feels like. They know what it smells like. They know uh, that they pretty much survived or that part of them didn't survive and the rest of them did and they're different now. I have a friend who lives in Nashville who said she won't date any guy who doesn't have his bottom certificate. (laughs) He's like, he's got to have hit rock bottom and then I know that we'll... 
we'll have something in common that we can talk. Marianne Williamson, who is a very famous spiritual teacher, she says, um, nervous breakdowns are highly underrated ways to achieve spiritual enlightenment. I think once you've failed miserably, you can face the next thing with more courage, maybe with more aplomb. You have good odds of being more compassionate toward other people afterwards. There's really no one so rigid as a person who's never failed at anything. Failure can make you more supple in your approach to life, less rigid. So this last week, I was thinking back on my life to try to survey my failures Uh, You know, for the last three days, I've been struggling with this new thing called cedar fever that uh, we didn't have in South Carolina. And um, so I was thinking about failure like this. What was I? What was I? (laughs) So I hope this sermon makes sense. I thought, you know, um, I, I'm surveying my failures, but I can't really find any that fit into the word exactly because um, <clears throat> I, I've learned to think about failure from reading Thomas Edison, who said, um, I'm not discouraged because every wrong attempt discarded is another step forward. It's just information. And he also said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Which I love, but you know, I um, before I found Edison, I really, my writing was the place I felt my failure the most. Because when you're a writer, you know, you send your pieces out to publications, and and I would get letters back <clears throat> that said, um, "Dear Miss Barnhouse, we have read your pitiful attempt at a story, <laughs> and we have to say that really." It would be better if you never again attempted to write. You are also ugly. It also would probably be better if you had never been born. And that really hurt. And then I would read it again, and it it said... um, Thank you for sending this. It doesn't fit with what we're trying to do at this time. I have found some ways that don't work for me. I, uh, I failed to stay with the Presbyterian Church, even though I really gave it my best shot, three years in seminary and 15 years as a Presbyterian minister. But even in seminary, I would lose my faith regularly, and I would lie in bed in, in dramatic and delicious despair, and um, I would say to my roommate and then my fiancé, I, I don't understand. I, how does somebody dying for my sins make my sins go away? I've, and I, what are my sins? Anyway, nice person. I tried my best. <laughs> I don't have any sins. I'm... 
And they would say, okay, let's go from the beginning. (laughs) We're all miserable sinners. And now the good news is that we are saved. So like first the bad news that I didn't believe, and then the good news that I didn't believe. (laughs) But I tried. But I, you know, I don't see that as a failure because it was just something that didn't work and I left it behind and I'm on to the new thing, which does work. I failed at my marriage. Oh, it lasted 17 years though, so that's pretty good. And just because something doesn't last forever doesn't mean it was all a waste. It was good and then it ended. When he voted for Bob Dole. <laughs> I'm really not uh, making light of that. I, there were many other reasons, of course. I just don't believe in preachers overexposing themselves from the pulpit. But the marriage doesn't feel like a failure, and we have two wonderful sons, and so that's a success. So how is that a failure? It doesn't fit. So I I wonder, I find myself wondering if the things that we label failures really are failures. You know, are we do we call ourselves a failure when we got a B instead of an A? I know. Yes, you do. (laughs) I'm like that too. I think a lot of failures, real failures, happen when we ignore the voice inside ourselves that is guiding us, and it says, go this way, and you go, oh no, but my dad really wants me to go this way, or my society really wants me to go this way, or I can't, I, I can't disappoint my grandmother, um... When we do something that's against our sense of authenticity, we fail. It's information. When you talk yourself into doing something that that you know you shouldn't do, trusting somebody you know you shouldn't trust. And maybe you feel failure when um, you're not doing something the way perfection would do it. If perfection were walking beside you doing the same thing you're doing, which it's not because it doesn't exist. Another possible translation of the word failure in the Spanish poem is bitterness. So it would read like this. The golden bees were going about inside my heart concocting white wax and sweet honey out of old bitterness. Failure is a pretty dualistic word. You either fail or you succeed. You, it's, you either did it or you didn't do it. And bitterness is more organic, like life. It's, it's got to do less with something outside you than with something you continue to choose inside yourself. So I think bitterness might be an even better um, way to think about it because, uh, you know, bitterness and failure have a lot of overlap. You feel bitter uh, when you fail about the situation or about the people you worked with that didn't tell you what you needed to know or 
about your own inadequacies that didn't get you where you needed to be or you feel bitterness because you had a picture of how it was supposed to go and it didn't go that way. Um, You know, in the 12-step program, they say expectations are premeditated resentments. So it's like if you have an expectation, especially if you don't share it with the other person, it's almost like you're waiting to have a good old juicy resentment to hold on to. You set it up that way. Um, And by you, I mean me. (laughs) So um, I love the, the picture of the bees browsing over the old failures and old bitternesses, extracting the essence from them and carrying that back to the hive. Do you know this? I learned this this week too. Bees take the nectar from honey and then they put it into their honey stomach. They've got two different stomachs and they keep it in their honey stomach and then when they go back to the hive, other bees who are the chew up the honey bees, they in ways that doesn't bear thinking about. They transfer the honey to the other bee (laughs) in some way. And, um, And the chewing bees chew on it for like half an hour until the water is out of it. And they may, and their enzymes make it into this paste and then they put the paste in the honeycomb and then they use their wings to fan it dry. So there's a lot of processing that goes on when you get the, the essence out of your failures and your old bitternesses, somehow these bees inside just um, chew on it and dry it and make honey out of it. So how can you make honey from those? I, I spent time, I, I spent time like this. How, how do I make honey out of it? I've got failures. Got to get honey. How do I do that? So I reread this book called When Smart People Fail. Very interesting book. And it talks um, in, a, in a kind of a chirpy way about, you know, looking over your failures. And this person thought they failed, but it was really it turned into this. And how you have to kind of retell the story. You tell the story in a different way. You redefine your failures. You say, well, it wasn't really a failure. I was, I was getting my bottom certificate. I really had to go all the way down that road and hit bottom, and that was good information for me, and that made me who I am. It takes what it takes. So um, I'm not going to think of it so much as a failure as just a part of who I am. It's a mark of me on this, on this life journey. And so... Um, then they talked about learning from mistakes. and But, you know, none of that felt like where this text really was taking me. And I'm thinking, the poet, the poet is sleeping. He's sleeping. He's not using his, you know, we are, um, I am a firstborn, Unitarian Universalist, intellectual, uh, control controlling, um, rational person who prefers logic. And so I think I am powerful enough (laughs) to make honey out of my old failures. And I'm going to tell my church people how we make honey out of old failures. 
And I can't get it. I cannot get it. And, um, and then, I'm, then I realize he's sleeping. He's not doing this with his will. He's not doing this with his shiny, beautiful intellect. He's not doing this with his experience and his own strength. He's, this is happening while he's asleep. Oh. Oh. So... I'm going to read you the whole thing again. It's happening while he's asleep. Last night while I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that a fountain flowed within my heart. And I said, by what hidden canal water are you coming to me, wellspring of new life where I've not ever drunk? And last night while I was sleeping, then the bees verse. And then after that, it says, last night while I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that a burning sun shone inside my heart. It was burning because it flashed embers of a red hearth. And it was sun because it gave light and because it made one cry. Last night while I was sleeping, I dreamt, blessed illusion, that I had that what I had within my heart was God. So all of this I'm finally understanding is happening. In the mystery, which is my name for God, the word God is difficult for me, it might not be for you. Um, so I'm saying all of this is happening in the mystery. It's happening beside my rational mind. It's happening beside all my trying and my um, orderly thinking and my uh, attempts and strength. And it's, it's just happening in the mystery over here. While everything else in me is asleep or doing other things, that these are pictures. The mystery speaks to us in pictures. These are pictures of the mystery at work. This, this water breaking through, this, this red sun glowing with embers of home, these bees busily making honey out of bitterness. And it occurs to me that many of us have felt this shift in our consciousness or shift in our spirit or shift in our heart at times where we start seeing things differently from how we have been seeing them or we understand something suddenly that we didn't before. We meet someone that feels like home to us and we make a connection and it's just different. There's something warming about it. And we didn't make that happen. We didn't do that. It happens in this place, in this space, in this mystery that exists beside our rational self. Carl Jung would call it the self with a capital S. The mystery, the the part of you that you know and yet don't know and that knows you and that loves you and that you don't control. And so I'm thinking that what this is saying is when you feel exhausted, when you feel stale, when you feel played out or that you've hit a wall or confused or that something has to change and you're not sure what, you can ask for this water of a new life to come breaking through. You can ask for this sun that feels like home. You can ask for the bees to do their work 
of making honey out of old bitterness. And you can know that all of this is happening inside you. And that it is on your side. May you go in peace. And may you find that fountain of the water of a new life that is within your heart. May you hear the gentle buzzing of the bees as they make honey for you. May you feel the warmth of that sun on your face and may you feel like home. May you find another soul to nourish. May you become willing for your life to be transformed. May justice fall into place all around you as you walk through the world. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.